this week, experts from Think Analytics, World, TiVo and Plex go deep into discovery, looking at artificial intelligence, fast channels and the future of discovery. Listen on to find out more. This is End Screen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at End Screen Media, and today is June 14th, 2023. This week's podcast is something a little bit different. Uh, on May 25th, I was at the TV of Tomorrow Show in San Francisco to moderate a panel entitled Turning Discovery into a Revenue Earner for Your Service. On hand for the discussion were senior executives from Think Analytics, Whirl, TiVo, and Plex. And we had a great discussion covering a wide variety of topics in the 50-minute session. We looked at a whole bunch of different uh, topics in discovery from a variety of angles. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to bring you a few edited highlights from the discussion focused on AI, how discovery is helping people find fast channels and how we can do that discovery better and on the future of discovery. Now, this is, as I say, only an edited highlight to catch the full discussion and listen to any of the other great panels and presentations at the TV of Tomorrow conference. Uh, I suggest you hop over to the TV of Tomorrow show website, which is at tvotshow.com. Dot com. That's tvotshow.com uh, and you'll find everything right there. But before we get to the discussion, Endscreen Media is partly supported by its sponsors and we've had some great ones including Gracenote, Verizon, TiVo who's featured in today's podcast, Metrological and many others. If you'd like to become a sponsor and help keep the lights on here at Endscreen Media, send an email to sales at endscreenmedia.com. There are many benefits to becoming a sponsor, including being acknowledged in the podcast and being able to run banners on the site to tell people that maybe you're participating in the TV of tomorrow's show. So anyway, why don't you have a word with your PR department or your marketing department and see if your company can sponsor Endscreen Media. Now, Let's hear the panelists introduce themselves and what they have to say about AI, fast channel discovery, and how discovery is going to get better and better. So we have a great panel for you today, and I'm going to ask each of the panelists to introduce themselves. So why don't we quickly do that before we get into the first question. So Craig, why don't we start with you? I'm Craig Hiding. I'm head of corporate strategy for World. Go ahead, John. Hi, I'm John Hogg. I am uh, heading up product management for our discovery platform at TiVo Xperia. Great. Uh, Greg Riker, CRO for Think Analytics. And Scott. Scott Hancock. I run marketing at a company called Plex. One of the things that I think, uh, you know, we really should be drinking shots every time somebody says AI these days. Um, it's kind of uh, ubiquitous. I'm, however, I'm going to ask you how each of you are using AI to improve your products and services as regards content discovery. So, once again, start with you, Scott. Uh, yeah, so uh, we use a lot of AI 
uh, to identify basically what folks are going to watch. So our recommendation engine is just getting smarter and smarter. And because we are an independent platform, so we don't produce content, we don't have content that we're trying to sell, we don't have you know, larger corporations telling us what it is that we should be promoting, we're actually truly able to come at it from a customer's perspective and be pure about it. Um, and so it is based truly off of their viewing experience and we're able to utilize AI to better uh, inform them of what they would want to watch, whether it's, again, on our service or even on another service. And so there's a recommendation row that is a blend of services. So it's content from a variety of services, no matter where it lives, we know that you're going to enjoy this particular series or this particular movie based off of your viewing habits. And in your platform, you're able to sort of test this, uh, the efficacy of this. Do you see things like increased customer lifetime value, reduced churns, that, that type of stuff? Engagement, retention, kind of the um, traditional uh, measurements that we use, but then also um, abandonment rates and things like that. So like, it, was it something that we thought they would, they would enjoy? They started watching, they, they bailed on it. Um, there's a number of measurements that we use to uh, determine how effective they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick? So, uh, you know, ML, AI, whatever the, whatever the words you want to use nowadays, right? But, um, you know, from our standpoint, we've, we've been using uh, ML slash AI for a long time. And, you know, much like you guys were perplexed to in terms of making sure the recommendations are, are, are relevant, blah, 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 blah. But we're also seeing, um, you know, the, the use of AI in terms of doing some churn prediction, right? So we're able to kind of look at look at the data. You know, I like to use a big big concept of you are what you watch, right? So you can really create this taste profile, and then make some recommendations based on that. But you can also say, you know, what we're finding is an example. If if I'm a, a consumer that's watching a lot of movies in a, in a subscription service during that month. I have a more chance of churning for that versus because I might tap out on, on the catalog that John was talking about. So you might want to start throwing some series associated with that as well to kind of keep them engaged, keep them sticky, keep them, keep them uh, again, in front of that screen. You know, so we, we do a lot of that as well. But, you know, and then the other side is we're using that first-party data and leveraging our kind of AI components to start creating these ad segments for contextual advertising, for ad segmentation, for all of these different things. Um, you know, it's just kind of growing that, you know, really what we all are is a, is a big data reservoir, right? And how we use that data and present that data is, is, is kind of what we all do here. And, and just kind of leveraging that, that data and, and, and dealing with first party data and not bringing in the third party data and just starting to expand that, that knowledge of that is, is something that we spend a lot of time using our, you know, AI, ML, whatever you want to call that. So, and what are some of the applications? Where how are people taking that and using it? So we, you know, as I mentioned, we're, we're churn prediction is one of those that, that has been really um, surprising for us, to be honest with you. So really, kind of understanding the consumer's behavior and creating a pattern wrapped around that, and being able to predict what they're, you know, what what they're not necessarily what they're going to watch next, but you know, what what's the behavior around that. Uh, we're also using, uh, we're enhancing a lot of the metadata wrapped around AI and Shannon in the, in, the, in the panel before said, you know, there's still this emotional component about watching, watching TV and or watching a series or watching a show or a movie and the ability to take that metadata and really augment uh, and, and, and start to create these very specific tags or whatever, whatever you want to use on that um, starts to allow you to understand some of the emotion that's kind of wrapped around it as well. So it's not just simply 
more like this, or you know, it's it's based on that genre, or based on that theme. You start really expanding the metadata wrapped around it, and using artificial intelligence allows you to, you know, add thousands, of th you know, thirty-seven thousand plus tags on this to really start to get some granular detail on why people are watching these this, this content, and then being able to recommend the content in a way that's uh, you know relevant to them as well. So. Yeah, I think it's, it's easy to forget that every piece of content that is in your service is an advertisement for that service. So making it accessible as possible is obviously really critical. You know, the other thing, which, which is interesting, I mean, uh, an, an example is, you know, good shows don't necessarily mean the same for each, each show, right? You might have great writing like Game of Thrones, and you might have okay writing with Stranger Things, right? But both have been extremely successful from a franchise standpoint and being able to kind of augment that and understand you know what's kind of driving that through these different tags allows you to also do content acquisition uh, analysis right what works what doesn't work allowing you to do all of these different things so i think these are some of the um you know advantages that that we're seeing now with you know the, the advancement of some of the the, the the learnings that we're seeing John, this is certainly something you're doing as well, right, with, with AIs, using it to enrich metadata. This is obviously something that's kind of core to you, yeah? Yep, so our use of AI has kind of evolved over time. So a decade ago, um, you know, if you were doing a semantic similarity or ALS model, that was sufficient for a recommendation engine. But we found that, that as time progressed, it was completely inadequate. So what we've done over time is we now have over 20 models all running at the same time and contributing to the final recommendation output. So in that respect, we've increased our use of AI, but at the same time, we, we kind of took a different approach from you guys in that we actually deselect using AI at times. So this advanced metadata um, that Greg was talking about, we also have that, but we have it human curated because when you're talking about things like moods, tones, and themes, I don't trust a computer to tell me how I'm going to feel. Yeah. So, like, we use it selectively. No, I, 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 we agree with that as well. I think you start. It's, it's the scale versus this, um, you know, human factor to it, right? You've got to, you've got to have that combination. And I think, like I said, just a couple of years ago, you'd never think about the scale of kind of the, the metadata enrichment that you can do, but you've also, you can't lose sight of some of that, that very human curation to it. So, um, totally agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Scott, um, talk to us, sorry, not Scott, sorry, I mean, I mean Greg. Um, to, the, the content discovery piece is using machine learning and, and AI in a little bit of a different way, right? Yeah, about, about a year ago, we were bought by a, a company called Applovin, which is local here, around here. Um, and uh, they created a $10 billion company by using machine learning to target uh, for retention and acquisition for primarily mobile applications. And uh, so we spent the last year marrying that with our technology and, and really use it to predict uh, you know, what viewers are going to want to come to which content, and, and that's how we use it, just like they use it on mobile. So, uh, and now, and the nice thing about it too is that uh, we can get those viewers virtually on any platform. So we can we can use machine learning to to uh, ads, uh, you know, on the top of your computer screen, or go to the mobile device, or go to the television, and drive them to uh, wherever those customers would like to drive them. And then we can also take the individual ads and track the effectiveness 
uh, based on you know you're, you're advertising this show or is that driving people to uh, your channel or to your service or are you um, you know is that that one not working and maybe that program's not working and then you can you can you can change your strategy based on individual programs and individual ads so what can, what are some of the things that we should be doing in the free platforms specifically and you know, linear platforms in particular, one of the problems here is we're basically using a 30-year-old tool as the primary navigation uh, product. And if we didn't learn that the guy didn't work, work in traditional pay TV, we should have, we should be doing this. So I'm really interested in that. Anyway, very long question. Let's start off with, um, with just thinking about how we can improve the retention of consumers through discovery for the fast services, Scott. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There's there's been an arms race on channels, and you know we're guilty of it. Does everybody else like, oh, we've got 600 channels in the U.S. That's probably 480 too many um, for you know each individual. And so um, you know for us, it's a matter of paring that down and again giving the power back to the user to control that experience. But that guide is a warm and fuzzy blanket. Um, for a, the vast majority of viewers and so it's, it's an easy way you know that lean back experience like I'm just gonna select something from my favorite channels to just have on um, there's a number of you know users who, who do just that um, but also being smart about how we recommend channels to those um, you know to those users whether that's through the data that we have or um, you know selecting it through you know popular channels and things like that if you're a new if you're a new user but again, making that, you know, paring that experience down and providing um, a sort of, um, you know, uh, truncated experience for those folks, whether it's through their favorite channels or through data that we have about their viewing experience. Do, do, does, does your guide have a favorite feature? Can people favorite channels? It does. Yeah. Can I ask how many people actually use that? Uh, I would say, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but um, a good chunk of those who they use do. that. Only because we make that prominent because we've seen that where they just get lost if you if you had dropped into a, a guide with 600 channels like good luck um, and so we try to make that as prominent as possible for those who are new to the platform so Greg I'm coming to you I'm a, I'm a fast platform provider I'm desperate to reduce the churn increase customer lifetime value what are you going to tell me to do well I, I guess the first thing you know listen there's no really different content differentiation when it comes to fast right everyone's got the same content for the most part which is pretty darn surprising when you think about yeah this. I mean this is you look at the SBOT providers right I mean that's kind of what they're, they're that's their retainment strategy right is original programming what's, what's unique this whole max thing that they just kind of rebranded is the same kind of thing uh, so with fast it's challenging right so you've got to have this differentiation factor to that the way that we looked at it is is very much like we look at it in any other service it's about the ability to personalize that experience, right? To make it make it something that's relevant to me as a consumer that I will keep coming back to. I mean, I remember back in the day, the TiVo days, right? With the with the ability to have your favorites on the guide, and it, you know, no, it was hard to use, right? It, it, but it, the concept is awesome, right? You know, I've got my own private guide who can do this, and and I can just select favorites and then you know toggle through sports and all these other kind of guides. And I think with with Fast, we're starting to see that happen as well. So. I, again, I can speak for myself and what we're doing with our customers are we're able to begin to start personalizing that experience, whether it's re-ranking the channels based on what I like to watch based on my taste profile, right? So you might have channels one, two, three, four, five. 
uh, is, is different for me than it might be for Scott and John and Craig, just based on the, 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 the taste profile that's being generated. The other thing that we're, start, that we're, we're launching with, with a, a, a real major operator here in the US um, is, is having a, a personalized channel itself, right? So not only are we we're looking at the content they're watching, but we're also creating that, that channel segment that's gonna, that's creating, you know, I might have an AMC and an and HGTV and you know, something, all of these different programs within my personal channel, which might be channel number one, and uh, which might be different for John. And, and so again, that's kind of the differentiation that, that we're saying that's relevant and important to keep them there until the rest of the, the world is, catches up in terms of what are the other things that are differentiations. So, and it's, 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 it's hard because a lot of these are, you know, all, you know, a lot of these are cold start and, and, and not, um, you know, user ID based and all yeah, these other things. They don't say many of them are not logged in. They're not logged in, yeah. so you know it's 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 interesting. So we're we're excited about it. I, I, you know, we'll see where it takes us. Again, I mean I think fast is that it's just the same stuff, just a different distribution platform and I think it, we're all kind of going through um, you know the learning process and what's gonna keep people there. But it's it's not going away. We know that yeah. for sure. John, I got the same question for you. I'm a fast provider. My churn's horrible. My customer lifetime value is appalling. What do you what What do you tell me to do? Yeah, so my uh, answer is going to be very similar to Greg's. Um, so I don't know if this validates your approach or not, but we're, <laughs> or, we're or validate yours. Yeah, oh, but <laughs> we're also um, doing the what we call it the virtual channel, right? So if you got a sea of hundreds of channels, nobody's going to scroll through all that. And to your point, archaic as it may be, people still use the guide, right? So if that's what they're going to use, let's put a personalized channel at the top that is just a custom channel that it, from the sea of things that are available to them, this is a thing that feels relevant to you at any given point in time. And so that's one of the main things that we're doing. What are you really excited about that's great, what great invention innovation that's upcoming that you're hoping is going to help really drive discovery? Um, I wouldn't be a broken record, but using advertising to bring viewers that are interested in that content to that content is uh, is really the next big thing. Okay, John. Two things. So I know this is the TV of tomorrow show, but I'm really excited about cross-domain recommendations. So when you think about entertainment, it's just not shows and movies. It's music. It's books. It's games, and being able to relate those things to one another. So that if a young user watches a certain movie, giving them music they might be interested, the soundtrack or, or you know, a podcast from one of the actors. So that's one. And the second thing is recommendations that are contextually aware. Okay, so right now the end user expects us to do intelligent things with very limited information, right? But for example, if somebody gets in their car and I know they have a 45 minute commute, I can use that information to show them, I don't want to show them a two hour movie you know, give them a 45 minute podcast, right? So being able to glean more information to better inform the recommendation engine is something I'm excited about. Okay, great. Well, so John, you validated me before, so I'm gonna validate you here, right? It is this cross domain, you know, we're, we're, we've got a customer up in Can Bell Canada that's, that's doing this exact thing, right? When you're looking at recommendations across all these different media types, right? Um, now we're not getting into the car side of things, and th that quite yet, but it's, they've got 11 different, you know, brands, streaming everything from, you know, 
physical news all the way up to music to, to movies and and we're just seeing that, that that ability to start leveraging across that for all your recommendations for your subscriber base it makes us really excited and, and it opens it up sony's doing the same thing when it comes to games and and, and movies and, and some of the linear stuff that they're doing so um that's that for us is what's kind of driving it scott uh, I will first say, John, that we do have that, uh, where if you're watching a show at the bottom of that, you're going to see all the tracks associated with that show, and you can play it directly on that. Um, and I've been talking a lot about Discover Together, so I won't uh, go there. I will say what I'm excited about is what we're working on is also the second screen experience, um, where you're watching a show, you're like, I want to know where this was filmed, because this is beautiful, and I want to go there. And rather than stopping it, getting, you know, your remote and trying to f figure it out from, from uh, in the menu, you can actually pull up your phone on Plex, and it knows where you are, um, and, you, and it'll tell you exactly like, oh, this was filmed in Morocco, um, and because we, we have basically all and this. And here's your So we're getting there. Um, we're not quite there yet, but that's something we're working on that I'm really excited. That's the end of the excerpts from my discovery panel at the TV of Tomorrow Show 2023. Uh, and I really hope you stop by the TV of Tomorrow Show website at tvotshow.com to listen to the full version of this panel and the other panels that were at that show. They're well worth the listen. And my thanks to Tracy Swedlow and Richard Osborne, the producers of the TV of Tomorrow Show, for permission to bring you these excerpts. End Screen Media is a longtime media sponsor of the show, and we highly recommend that you add it to your yearly calendar and consider sponsoring sessions there, maybe in 2024. Anyway, that's it for this week, and I'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is the property of End Screen Media, all rights reserved.